Hi, I'm Alicia Michelle, and as a trained and certified Christian mindset coach, I've helped hundreds of Christian women discover brain science-based mindset tools to help them grow closer to God and break free from anxiety, perfectionism, people-pleasing, and feeling like they're never enough. The Christian Mindset Coach is the award-winning podcast that shows you how to use simple brain science principles and biblical truth to renew your mind for lasting confidence, joy, and peace. I'm so glad you're here. Grab a cozy spot and let's get started. Hi there, and welcome to today's episode of the Christian Mindset Coach. I am your host, Alicia Michelle. We're talking about one of these questions that has come in from a listener today, and it's a huge question. Most of us, most of us deal with this on a daily basis, and yet we, I don't feel like, have a lot of good answers on how to deal with it. And that is this question, how do I manage my fear of the future, but how do I manage it as a Christian? I think a lot of us feel like, okay, I'm supposed to just trust God. I'm supposed to just let him have my fears and my worries. And that's true. Absolutely. But what does that look like? What's keeping us from that? And why can't we move forward in freedom in that area? There are some specific things I want to talk about today in regards to this question. And specifically, I want to look at what do we do when we feel fear? Because I feel like a lot of times what we're doing just out of the natural response is actually counterintuitive to what we could be doing towards healing in terms of fear and working with God in these areas. So first, let's talk about fear itself. And fear doesn't mean we're broken. Fear doesn't mean that we are doing something wrong. Fear is simply a biological response to an unknown situation. Something that the brain is looking ahead and seeing and saying, okay, there's danger here. This is something that could potentially put me at a risk of my safety, or it is causing me to be unsafe at this moment. It's just alerting us to something ahead that could be hurting us. And that is not a bad thing. The problem is, is that we live in a world where there is more and more and more every day, more reasons to let that fear grow. And we live in a society where there is so much information around us that's bringing fear in in ways that our body honestly was never designed to handle. We weren't designed to know about every detail happening in the world at a given moment. I mean, we just weren't. I, I, and I think the, the idea of a mental fatigue along with fear is a really interesting conversation. I'm going to be doing an episode on mental fatigue coming up here in the podcast too. But just how those tie together, I think we have so much stimulus and so many things happening that we often just kind of retreat into fear thinking, okay, you know, I don't even know what to do. There's just so much. So I'm afraid because that is just our body saying, I'm done. I'm enough. This is too much, right? I can't take anymore. But there's that space with fear between what's happening right now and what could happen, that big scary thing. That's like that chasm, if we could think of it like that. And that's the space where we get to choose what to do with this natural response of fear. That's the battle, I believe, that happens for us, where we get to invite God into that place to help us figure out what's going on and why we're afraid and what to do with it. Or we can isolate ourselves and continue to just kind of let the, th the fear and the thoughts spin around. And so today I want to look at some different ways that we can manage fear by first talking about the difference between worldly fear and godly fear. So we want to transform our worldly fear into godly fear. And we're going to talk about how can we respond specifically to fear. I'm going to give you three steps that you can use to respond to fear. 
We're going to have tons of Bible verses in here. This episode is definitely a lot of scripture. So I would bring a piece of paper and pen if you haven't got one already to take notes on this. But this episode is definitely going to draw you back to scripture. So as we're working through these and writing down those scriptures, you might want to consider thinking about them, maybe doing additional Bible study on them, asking the Lord to give you more direction. Um, but those we're going to talk about those three steps of how to handle fear in the moment and how to live in that expected hope instead. And then I'm going to give you a few final thoughts um, about fear, things that I have had to learn and I hope are encouraging to you. So first, let's talk about the difference between worldly fear and godly fear. Again, we want to transform our worldly fear into godly fear. Worldly fear is focused on us. It's focused on our limited absolutes. It's focused on what we can do and our efforts. It's right now temporal seeing what's in front of us and what's behind us. That's all that worldly fear can see. Worldly fear, someone has once said, or, or just fear is going into the future without God, which I love that definition because I think, yeah, when we invite God into the future, we have a different future. And that's because godly fear, which is the other side of this, it focuses on who God is. It focuses on what he is capable of. So when we can transition from worldly fear to godly fear, we're saying that he is capable of things that we can't even see. We're saying that it's something that we don't have to understand in order to release the fear around because it is bigger than who we are or what we can see in this moment. So again, worldly fear focuses on limited absolutes and what we can see. Godly fear focuses on who he is and what he's capable of. So it's a difference of where we're putting our focus. Worldly fear also relies only on our current knowledge, our people in the fence, which is what I like to call it. And godly fear rests in knowing that God has a grand view of the entire scene. One analogy that I have come back to time and again is this idea of being in our backyards or being against a fence in some sort of area. And if you have a wood fence in your backyard, which I used to have a, a couple of houses ago that we lived at, and um, this is where I first thought of this concept and had this analogy really ring home for me that God had given me, that when you look at a fence where, where it's made of wood, there are little holes in the fence. Have you ever seen those where there's just little peepholes, so to speak? Well, I remember one time in our old backyard, I was looking through this peephole and one of the little holes in the side of, of the fence in our yard, and I wasn't trying to snoop, but there was this really weird noise that was going on in our backyard at the neighbors next door. And I couldn't figure out what it was. And so I couldn't see over the fence at that time because it was, little, it was too tall for where I was at. But I could see through the little tiny people and I couldn't see anything. But yet I knew there was some sort of action going on around in the backyard. Well, our house at the time was a two-story house. So we went upstairs. If I could go upstairs to my bedroom and look out from that second-story window and look down into my neighbor's yard, then I could see the full yard. I could see the full picture of what was going on. And that is exactly what this concept of worldly fear versus godly fear is, is that we are with worldly fear. We're relying on our current knowledge. We're relying on our peephole in the fence. We can only see this little tiny area. And if you're watching me on YouTube, you can see I'm looking through this little tiny, like I'm making a, a, a spy hole, goggles or something, you know, with my hands. And I'm looking through this little tiny area versus there's this whole big world that's happening outside of the scene of that that we can't see. And that's what godly fear is. Godly fear rests in knowing that there is a whole scene happening outside that I can't see and that God knows about it and he has seen all of it. And so we're resting in that godly fear. Okay. And again, when I say godly fear, it's even like, well, how can I rest in fear? That doesn't even make sense. 
when we're talking about fear from a God-centered perspective, we're talking about an awe, like almost a respect as something that's bigger than what is out in front of us. I've done some several episodes on this in the past, but I just want to briefly mention it and we'll reference them in the show notes too. But it's this concept of pakad and yurah. Now, pakad and yurah are two words that are used in the Old Testament. There are other words that are used in the Old Testament in Hebrew to describe fear, but those are two popular ones. Pakad fear is that worldly kind of fear, that fear we need to pay attention to in terms of this is scary, this is hard. I could actually hurt myself doing something like this. And then there's the yurah side of fear that is an awe. It's a bigger stretching beyond what we can see. It's a knowing that you're doing something that you can't fully do on your own and you're going to have to trust God for. So when I'm talking about those two differences, I just want to make that clear that fear, we think of fear as this big, horrible, scary thing, which we're saying from a worldly perspective, it could be that. But what if we looked at it from a godly perspective? Godly fear is awe. It is an understanding of something bigger than ourselves. Do anxious thoughts and what-ifs consume your mind and steal your peace? God tells us to be anxious for nothing, but you wonder, how does that happen? What if you had a custom plan for managing your anxiety, one that was designed for your anxiety triggers with specific, scientifically proven action steps based on brain science to manage worry both in the moment and for the long term? I want to help you create your custom plan for managing anxious thoughts with the Calm Your Anxiety Toolkit, the four-week anxiety Bible study, mindset training, and resources that equip Christian women with a step-by-step plan to use brain science and the Bible together to welcome God's healing power over worry and fear. Listen, I struggled with anxiety most of my life, even as a Christian. I finally found lasting peace and victory over anxiety when I created a plan to manage my anxiety that used proven tools to get God's truth into my thoughts. I want to help you create your plan to manage anxiety and discover more calm. Go to CalmYourAnxietyToolkit.com to learn more and to get started. Again, that's CalmYourAnxietyToolkit.com. Another way that we can see the difference between worldly fear and godly fear is that worldly fear stays paralyzed without all the information because information is the source of the comfort. Information is what allows that knowledge, right, is what gives us a safety to be able to, to move forward or to feel better, right? We want to know the answer to it. That's what we want to know before we decide that we're okay. That's what worldly fear says. But our godly fear is confidently moves forward with direction, even if not all of the information is present. So it's a gift that God gives us to be able to rest in that. And there's a mindset we have to get into, which we'll be covering more about in this episode, it's a place where we can go, where God can protect us inside of that. And I have to tell you that there, I think we use this concept of clarity a lot. We use the idea of, well, I have to have clarity in order to move forward. And yes, we need direction from God. But in terms of clarity, there's an episode I did recently with Shana Rattler. It was right around the beginning of January. I can put that in the show notes as well. But in that episode, Shana and I talked about the idea of clarity and how it is made an idol in our culture, that we want clarity. We want all the answers. But sometimes we're looking to soothe that worldly fear versus trusting that if we have direction from God, that is enough. And she was saying in that episode, there's so many Bible characters. She's like, in fact, I can't think of a single Bible character who had total clarity to move forward and exactly what God wanted them to do. They had direction from God. 
but they didn't have all the answers. And so we have to stop letting that idea of I have to have all the information and because it's really an issue of safety. That's that that worldly fear taking over versus the godly fear of moving forward with direction, even if all the information isn't present. And so one more thing, the difference between the two is that worldly fear is locked in a fear coping mechanism cycle, right? A cycle of relief that's not really relief. Worldly fear in terms of a, a fear coping mechanism cycle is that we have a fear and in order to deal with it, we have to have some sort of coping mechanism to be able to function. Otherwise, we have to keep going. We have to take the kids to school. We have to make dinner. We have to go to our jobs, all the things, right? So we are forced to come up with this coping mechanism in order to deal with the fear, which it somehow dissuades the fear, meaning it calms it down a little bit, but the fear is still there. And we're still like stuck in the cycle of the fear like gets to the certain level. And then we have the coping mechanism that comes in and calms it down a little bit. And then it rises up again and it calms down again. And we're just stuck in this cycle. And those coping mechanisms could be everything from needing to have a brownie to calm ourselves down because it's having that pleasure from food or, oh, I need to go buy a new outfit or, you know, anything. It could be, I need to have a glass of wine. It could be, I need to go just hang out with a friend and not deal with this. I need to go binge on Netflix for five hours or, you know, just look at my phone. All of the things that are, we have learned to just kind of turn to as a way to soothe ourselves that aren't necessarily bad, but because they're perpetuating the cycle and they're not really solving it, it can become this thing that we think we're dealing with fear, but in fact, we're actually being staying stuck in that worldly fear versus if we deal with it from that godly fear perspective, we're transitioning it to godly fear. We soothe fear. We're still offering that soothing that the fear needs, but we're doing it from a hope that is not going to stop or change or end in the moment from a momentary kind of thing. It's resting, resting in expectant hope. And that is what we're going to talk about more in this episode is how do we rest? How do we rest in expectant hope as a coping mechanism? And I mean that as a healthy coping mechanism for fear. That truly is what God tells us to do when we face these emotions, specifically fear, that are beyond what we can deal with or, or work through in the moment. He shows us how to release, to give those burdens to him, and to rest in a different place. And that honestly is a big problem that a lot of us do is maybe we give our problems to God. Like he says, come to me all who are weary and laden with problems and I'll give you rest. That's from Matthew eleven twenty eight. But we don't do that next step of fixing our thoughts on what is true and good and right and holy and all the things that it talks about in Philippians 4. We don't respond with hope by filling up that back up again, if that makes sense. We're going to break down expectant hope more in the next episode in terms of how to get there. But I want to talk about this phenomenon that I see happening a lot when we talk about expectant hope, because people say, well, of course, I want to hope in God. I want to surrender my issues to him. I want to not worry. I want to not struggle with fear. But we have to look at why are we struggling with fear? What is keeping us from trusting God in this area? And it's interesting because when I work with women, especially in the Christian Mindset Makeover, one of the very first things we talk about in the makeover is this idea of what lies have we allowed ourselves to believe about God, not just about ourselves, but about God and who he is and how he can show up. And a lot of times it makes sense why those lies have gotten there because there have been some really hard things we've walked through or difficult things that we just maybe were like, where was God? Where was he? 
And without knowing it, we've, we've allowed cracks in our foundation of trust in the Lord to exist. And so when that happens, it's really hard to move forward in expectant hope. Let me share this Bible verse from Isaiah 26, verses 7 to 8, to explain a little bit more. It says, You are a God who does what is right, and you smooth out the path ahead of them. Lord, we show our trust in you by obeying your laws. Our heart's desire is to glorify your name. When I read that scripture, actually, I read it this morning in my Bible time, and it just it just struck me anew because I thought, our heart's desire is to follow you, yes, God. But it says, we show our trust in you by obeying your laws. Trust. Trust is at the crux between obedience and surrender. Trust equals obedience. And if we have had that trust shaken, like we said, it's going to be really hard to obey the Lord and to follow through with what he says, like in a specific action, but also to be able to do something like resting in hope. Because we're like, just on this really deep level, we're not able to fully let go of the what if, what if there is danger here. Our brain, again, is always trying to keep us safe. So if we haven't removed all of the obstacles, especially in an area like trust, there is going to be that resistance. And we're just increasing that resistance by not working through the areas where there might be that trust, that foundational trust that's been cracked with the Lord. And surrender, in order to surrender something is an act of trust. Obedience is often that precursor to surrender. Like it says here, we show our trust in you by obeying your laws. We take that step of obedience because we trust first. The bridge between obedience and surrender is trust. And if there is a rickety bridge between those two things, or if the bridge doesn't exist, it's really, really hard to cross that chasm. So if that is you, I just want to tell you, first of all, that it's okay. Even if you're like, I've known God my whole life, I've always gone to church. There are these parts of me that have happened and I don't know quite what to do with it. What if this is the opportunity that God has given you to say, I'm going to face this. I am going to deal with what is going on here versus just kind of running from it. Our God is so good to begin to introduce to us in very everyday ways those hidden areas that really may be the source of the pain that we're working through. So if that's you, I encourage you to say, Lord, speak to me. Show me if there are areas where it's hard for me to trust you, because that could be the crux of why you're stuck in this anxiety fear cycle and it's hard to get out. So if all of this is interesting to you and you're like, okay, I need a next step here. I want to recommend something that I've put together called the Calm Your Anxiety Toolkit. And this is a great resource because it is a specific plan that you get to create. It's not just like me telling you the answers of what to do. It's a specific plan where you figure out what are the triggers that are causing the anxiety? What could be some of those underlying things, like we just talked about here with trust, that's keeping you stuck in this anxiety cycle? And how can we use the science, brain science and the Bible together to find that calm that we are looking for. So we walk through a lot of the things we're going to be talking about even in the next episode here, but it's creating it specifically for you. There's a Bible study on how to welcome God's peace and how to let just time in the scripture every day be a way to anchor your soul and to bring calm. And like I said, there is a plan in place after you walk through this. I love this resource because it's like, this is something that 
it's a template where you can work through this and create it and you have it in when that strikes again, when that fear strikes again, you know exactly how to handle it and what to do with it. Also, you can reuse it over and over. If you go through a tough situation where you're like, this is the thing I'm always struggling with, maybe six months from now, as we do, things come up again and you're like, okay, I can use the same techniques now in order to find a way out of this that uses the power of my mind to harness my thoughts, but also leans on the Lord in this area to help me find a new way and to trust and live in expectant hope, like we said, with that godly fear. So I invite you to check that out. It is at vibrantchristianliving.com forward slash anxiety dash tool dash kit. So vibrantchristianliving.com forward slash anxiety dash tool dash kit. We're going to continue this conversation about managing fear in the next episode. So I can't wait to continue talking about all the things in this area. And I'll see you back here for that episode. Thanks for joining me today for the Christian Mindset Coach. If you love today's show, you've got to check out my free mindset workshop. In this free training, I share about the secret weapon for rewiring our brain to align with God's truth, the proven brain science tool that pro athletes and high achievers have used for decades. I've personally helped hundreds of Christian women use this tool to find healing from a lifetime of worry, shame, and striving. And I'd love to help you use this tool in your life as well. Sign up now for this free training at Vibrant Christian Living dot com forward slash mind. I'll see you back here next week.